Good morning, everyone. We welcome you to our Sunday morning roundtable discussion. We're so very glad you could join us today. Um, we are recording from the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent, Plainfield, New Jersey, the United States of America. And thanks again for joining us. And we will start today with a morning prayer. Yes, this morning I'm reading from page 147 of Miscellany and 475 of Science and Health. Let the Bible and the Christian science textbook preach the gospel which heals the sick and enlightens the people's sense of Christian science. This ministry, reaching the physical, moral, and spiritual needs of humanity, will in the name of Almighty God seek the truth that today, as in olden time, is found able to heal both sin and disease. Man is incapable of sin, sickness, and death. That's beautiful. Thank you. All right, our watching point. Watch number 361. Watch that you realize that all there is to any error is what it claims, just as all there is to any so-called medical law is the belief that goes along with it. Disease has no substantiality nor permanence. Mortal belief merely claims these. A relapse does not mean a return of disease, since there was none in the first place. Relapse is handled by knowing that the patient was never sick, just as healing, or what is mistakenly called healing, is convincing the patient that he was never sick. Mrs. Eddy once told Calvin Fry the following memorandum, quote, Pray God to help you to awake to the claims of error and awake to the truth that destroys them. Whenever error would try to make sin, sickness, disease, or death seem real, good overrules it, and it makes them more unreal to us. Good reverses every evil argument and effort and brings out the opposite good. Whenever sickness appears, it is not matter that is sick, but matter claiming to be sick. It is the phenomena of the body claiming to have a voice and to be talking. The proof of this is that when this seeming voice is silenced so that the body is unable to tell you that it is sick, it is not sick. If a man has eczema, what difference does it make whether his mouth or his skin tells you the lie? It is still the claim of an intelligence in matter talking. The disease is only the skin telling you that it is diseased. It is not disease. It is mortal mind, not the skin talking. So it can be silenced by truth. Thank you. <clears throat> okay, comments.
Well, it sure makes it clear. Oh, I was just going to say it, it sure makes this watching point sure makes it clear that um, all that's ever going on is in thought. It's never the body. And um, no matter how it screams or how it talks, it is not the body that we are ever dealing with. And um, this, this watch really brings that home. Thank you. <clears throat> Jeremy? Well, coming here and learning that, you know, the thoughts that we have are, you know, the erroneous ones are to be handled. And it was a big eye-opener for me. But then to also learn that these thoughts can not just come sort of verbally in our thought, but <laughs> from from our skin or from, you know, our computer or car or whatever else. And we not we have to handle that. It's, it's very much appreciate that. Thank you. Well, again, I, I like what Carpenter said. When you are having a physical problem, it's a red flag to remind you you're, being, you're malpracticing on your body. Perhaps you're not even aware of it, um, but, but you are. In other words, if you don't get it in the first instance when Era is talking to you, that you're jealous or you, you're depressed or you, and you go on and on with this type of thought, then something, maybe it will be your computer. It's like, I can call it instant replay, you know? Okay, here it is again. But only this time it seems more real because, you know, it's you can see it and feel it and he, and all that kind of thing. But it's the same thing. It's just telling you, it's telling you you're off the straight and narrow in some way. And maybe you think you're doing everything right. I thought I was doing everything right for a long time, but I was not doing everything right. I had all this stuff going on underneath the surface that I had not faced. So it's the mental anatomy. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. You've got to um, search me, oh Lord, and know my heart. Yes, yes. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Thank you, Florence. And this is what is so wonderful about Christian science healing. Not only do you get the physical healing, but your whole thought, everything is, is raised, purified. purified. Yes, thank you. Spiritualized, purified. And, and then in doing that, you're pu we're purifying the whole race. What if we all went to science for, for healing? It's so wonderful. And uh, Mrs. Eddy makes it very clear in that article attributed to her called Body that whatever the thinking is, the fearful thinking, the painful thinking, the resentful thinking, whatever that, that is no more true than the physical seeming manifestation. They're both illusionary. You're, you're indulging in, in the Adam dream you're indulging in the Adam dream that you were born into matter and you're going to die out of it. And I will tell you, anybody now that's struggling with something that seems to have been gone on a long time, there's still more work to do. And you've just got to be patient with yourself and let God reveal to you what you need to know. And he will. And when you find that out and you find the release, it's just incredible. 
It's so wonderful. And it's an ongoing process. Something, you know, we, we don't ever just arrive. It's an ongoing process. And I love what Carpenter says about things that seem to return, right, or relapse. You've got to know it, it never happened in the first place. In one of his watching points, he says that after you have a healing, spend time, what? No, it never happened. No, it never, never happened. happened. Mm-hmm. Yes. He said, give me one more day to know this never happened. No, it never <laughs> happened. You were having a bad dream. I think you also, what he says, if you look at it that way, you won't be discouraged because that's how the error would get me to stop working to help myself. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Now, when, when to, to, to know that it never happened, it, this is not mean to go into denial right this is to recognize the unreality of it in the first place this is and this is a big step and this is a tough one for most of us <laughs> yeah because of this oh sorry Wait. No, go ahead, no go ahead Florence no I mean for, for Mrs. Eddie to say the man is incapable incapable of sin sickness and death it's like what <laughs> incapable. So you talk, she's talking about us seeing ourselves correctly, and that is incapable because that truth is a spiritual fact that can never be changed. No relapse can sway it one way or the other. It is not true, and this we must accept. And what from there? Thank you. So if I think that I am sick, or capable of sin or sickness or death. If I think that I am, that is a lie about me. It's a lie about anybody. It is the illusion that the truth heals. Jesus proved it. Many, many, many Christian scientists, many good Christians have proved it. And yes, and this is one another basic <clears throat> precept in Christian science that um, if you go, if you approach the problem that you've got something to heal, well, you are <laughs> defeated. Adding an echo, someone has their computer on. You can't go after a problem that you've got something to heal. That you're giving it a reality that it doesn't it doesn't have. Is that not right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to know prayer in Christian science is not pleading to God to ask him to change something. Um, it is the acknowledgement of, of present perfection. Mrs. Eddy says that. Prayer is acknowledgement of perfection. What did what did she say in the lesson? What was um, Jesus's prayers? Humble prayers. Conscientious, protests of truth. Yes, for deep and conscientious protests of truth, of man's likeness to God and man's unity with truth and love. He, it was an acknowledgement, affirmation. Not pleading, dear God, please help me take care of this horrendous thing that's in my life right now. 
That's a beautiful statement in Science and Health. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. But then she says, what is this healing prayer? A mere request that God will heal the sick has no power to gain more of the divine presence than is always at hand. So, and, and then she goes on. It's, it's the affirmation. And even, even faith isn't enough. Faith is good. Faith is wonderful. And it should be part of your being. But it, it's more than that. It's the acknowledgement of God's presence and power. As was said in the first citation in Science and Health, the God principle is omnipresent and omnipotent. God is everywhere, and nothing apart from him is present or has power. That is how you start every prayer, every treatment, every watch. And it is how you end it, too. And it's interlaced throughout. And if you'll notice the Lord's Prayer, that's exactly what he does. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And then at the end, for thou, the kingdom and the power and the glory. He brings out the power of God. So, but for now, our subject is our sin, disease, disease and death real. We have to start with that. You answered that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Right. Well, and it's not a, it's not an obvious answer unless you can prove it. Something. This is something now you all can prove. And we're knowing now that this is the season. We've had a season of a lot of Materia Medica rising up and all of that kind of thing. Well, let this be the season of healing Christ's way, Christ's Christianity. Throughout the world, turning to God in simple prayer. Um Bob was telling me, and Parthens in Colorado was telling me about something this past week, I believe. It's a book called May's Boy, and May is M-A-Y apostrophe S. And I didn't read the book. Linda's read more of it than I have. She did get it for me. But anyway, it's about a woman who someone gave her this little baby, right, Linda? Yeah, I didn't actually get the part where she, yeah, okay, <laughs> she got well, the baby. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell you what Parthens told me. This little baby was just about dropped on her doorstep premature. And I won't go into it, but this little child had all kinds of trouble. And it wasn't expected to live. So May took this little boy in, and she just loved him. She spoke the truth to him. She prayed. And her prayer was a simple prayer of God. Help, right? Because he could, I mean, I don't think he could see. He had all this. He couldn't, as he grew older, and he did grow older. He didn't die. He grew older. He couldn't walk. He couldn't. But she just kept praying and praying and praying. And there was just one miracle after the next with this little child. And she loved classical music. She had it in the house a lot. And Bob told me that one morning that she and her husband were still in bed and they heard. Uh, Tchaikovsky's Piano Concerto Number One. Boom, 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 boom. It's a gorgeous piece. You probably all know it. Anyway, it was just throughout her her home, and she said, "Oh my gosh, did you know we didn't? Something turned on the radio or something." So she went out 
And there was this boy, and he was 14, I guess, at that point. And he was playing the piano, and he was playing this. He'd never had a music lesson. He could barely see. He couldn't, I guess he couldn't walk. She said she didn't even know how he got there. He was dressed and playing Tchaikovsky's Piano Concerto Number 1. And it goes on how she loved this boy, and, and he learned everything through this love and through this prayer. And I, I read the last page, and the woman who came, there was a woman who wrote the book who came to interview them. She was so very, very sad to leave them. And she said it was all she could do to leave. And she said as, as she left, she heard this boy playing, everything is beautiful in its own way. <laughs> the tears just streamed down her face. And she said, I have never been so close to Jesus. So it's a, just an, a beautiful story of the power of prayer and persistence. She wouldn't take no for an answer. She just prayed and kept knowing, and she kept seeing these miracles. All the things this boy wasn't supposed to do, he did. And and, and he's now 70 yes, years old. Yes, yes. I, I looked him up, and maybe sadly so on the Internet. I don't really. But anyway, he's still, he's still around her daughter took on caring for him when she passed on he's played concerts he has this beautiful voice play any song you sing him a song he can play it and he lives in wisconsin he's still around and um but but I, what turned me off so to all of this the the materia medica just grabbed onto it grabbed onto it gave it all these names what was the matter with him all this stuff Ugh. and uh yeah, humanized it, and then they made a movie, and I think the movie was called, I don't know, something like The Willing of Miracles or something. The Willing, excuse me, I'm not going to watch the movie. Hopefully they talk about prayer in it, but the book, I think, was much purer, right? Did you want to add anything, Linda? Um, I, I didn't read a lot. I just skimmed through it, but the one thing that I loved was this one prayer uh, this child was, uh, I think, blind, couldn't feed himself, uh, couldn't walk, couldn't do anything. Couldn't and do then, anything. And, and 20, over 26 years she worked with him, and then he could take care of himself. But the one prayer I loved that I did find, because I was actually trying to skim through to see the prayers, and she just had, there was the, the promise in the Bible where it said that God gave everybody gifts. And she kept saying, please, God, show me the gift that he has. <laughs> And that was around the time when the piano playing started. Yeah. You know, who could do that but God? Mm -hmm. Only God could do that. And only prayer and love could do that. So to, to give it, you know, for the medical to claim it and give it names and all of this stuff. And, yeah, and then she actually went to the medical for help, and they said, we can't help you. You're good there luck. You go, go home. You just whatever. Do whatever you're doing. But it, there's hopeless. It's that's hopeless. What, that's what saved them. They couldn't help her. So yes. She, well, she had was gone. And she loved God. And she, and she well, ever since she was a little girl, that part I saw too. She always was attracted to things of God. Yes, she was a very um, holy person. Had total faith in God's ability. And this little child, rather than like evidently the mother had given up, given it yeah. away here. 
all of this wonderful potential in this dear child overcoming everything yet he really could not do a thing and he ended up doing much and it was all the power of god the power of prayer the power of love so with all of those things overcome you know what what is your trouble we've got we're approaching easter service um the story of easter with god um and christ jesus spending those three days in the tomb overcoming all the beliefs and they are beliefs that era would try to put on anybody he overcame it all everything so if you think you have a trouble well it can be overcome first knowing it was never true in the first place declaring your unity with god your oneness and your perfection now no past only good now and only good can happen so there's a difference between <clears throat> concentrating on the claims as opposed to concentrating on you know that this child is a child of god yes yeah she focused on the enduring the good and the true didn't she and she did not give up and her dear husband did too and so it will ever be all right lil you want to read the golden text and this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he heareth us thank you and that goes along with the lord's prayer doesn't it thy will be done as it is in heaven and what does it mean to ask according to his will seems to be an important part of this sentence not what you want but what god wants and that and that takes a refinement of your own thought and life to really understand god and yourself right yes yeah well, god's a- will is only good i mean he only wants good for his children so of course he doesn't know anything that's not good so we we can't either yeah this is a this is a big requirement isn't it that's why that's why pleading with god to give me what i want doesn't work that it be the right thing our growth thank you because yeah. we we want a healing a physical healing this thing is you know inconvenient or whatever it is you want the healing god is chipping away to change you in many ways if you were just to get the healing you you wouldn't have learned anything wouldn't have changed so and i've given this before but it's very beautiful and watches prayers and arguments you you want to know some good prayers just take that book and start reading holy moses 
Anyway, everyone should have that in your arsenal. Watch his prayers and arguments. <clears throat> this is Eddie, but given to us by Gilbert Carpenter once again. So, <clears throat> Mother explained this scripture. <clears throat> you, you, ye ask and receive not because ye ask amiss to consume it on your lusts. <clears throat> we ask from a selfish power. And she illustrated it in this way. If we have a pain, we ask to have it destroyed. Why? Because it makes us suffer. Is this the way? No. We should ask to have it removed because it dishonors the way that God has revealed. And this dishonors God. We ask to have the pleasures of sense destroyed. Why? Because they make us miserable. Is this the way? No. We should ask to have them destroyed because they dishonor the way and thus dishonor God. Then our prayer will be answered because we ask from an unselfish motive and with an honest purpose to honor and love the way that is God's idea. This is the great lesson that he has given to us, that if we would love him with all our heart and our neighbor as ourself, thus keeping the whole law, we must have the spiritual sense of the way and love and honor his way or idea, the real individual that voices good. With a spiritual sense of this individual and not a material one, and do this by prayerful watching to see that in forsaking the material sense, we love more instead of less and are reflecting the spiritual sense of love, which is all tenderness and compassion and loving kindness, and which is the way, the divine idea of love. So that's always the answer, right? Love more, love is a liberator. Examine yourself. Are you love? Or do you have these people you don't love or things in your past you're unhappy about? Or We can't come to the altar without purifying all of that. Um, in the Lord's Prayer, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. A purification problem, process, excuse me, purification process. And Mrs. Eddy also watches prayers and arguments. She says, love is the way. It does not work with hate. <laughs> so if you go to the altar and you still have hate and resentment in you, it's not going to work, Right. Right. How could yeah, it? Right. I mean, it's even that it's clear. It's clear in the Bible, right? You, you mm -hmm. up the altar, but you got a grudge against your brother. Don't come. No, That's no. Brother, and and straighten it out, <laughs> <laughs> and then come to the altar. Yeah. In regard to that, uh, where it helps. I mean, so much as Paul, he was, he had such a, saw like, such a dramatic experience that that turned him so that seemed that from then 
he always walked in a way, and if I get it right, he said, my life is not my own. So he realized he had a tremendous purpose, and that's all that he or, and I believe all of us are for here. <clears throat> Thank you, Craig. Yeah, can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you're all, you're going to be doing good if you keep yourself out of the picture. <laughs> That's beautiful. And that, that is so much of the key to all of this. When you know your life is God's and you give your life to God, do you not, not think he's going to give you everything you need to accomplish whatever it is he wants you to accomplish? Every good thing he will, including health. I know, I know it's why people in Plainfield have experienced good health. And if anyone is sick, that's what we, we go to. Um, <clears throat> what was it? It was on the, I didn't bring it today, but it was on the carousel, the healing of Carpenter when he was in Mrs. Eddie's home. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They just realized that he, he needed to work for the world, and he did. He, he let his thought go out. <laughs> And then, you know, when he sort of came back to himself, he realized he was just fine. Yes. Mm -hmm. that's, a, that's one of the many powers of our watching. Um, when you have a purpose, a reason to get up in the morning, you're going to feel really good. And if you don't momentarily, it will be momentarily. You'll get over it. You'll get over it quickly because you will not be uh, handling the aggressive mental suggestion that you're not feeling well. Right? And what does that lead? So you will forget or neglect your duty to God, your leader, and to mankind. That's the whole purpose of it. If you catch on to that and say, oh, nope, nope, I'm not going to listen to this aggressive mental suggestion that I'm feeling blah, blah, blah. And I won't be made to forget or neglect my duty to God, our leader, and to mankind. You'll be rising up out of that sickbed really fast. Because you have something godlike to do. Yes. Just mm -hmm. Craig's point. Yep. And it's stated very, very nicely in her article on fidelity, which mm -hmm. Mary loves to quote. Yes, because that was a game changer for me when Mrs. Evans gave it to me. Too soon, we cannot turn from disease in the body to find disease in the mortal mind and its cure in working for God. And I used to think, well, that meant you had to be a practitioner. But no, I mean, we're all practitioners. Yes, you do have to be a practitioner. Because whatever your job is, wherever you go, you should be healing yourself and others, right? Right. Whatever you do. That's what Luann does in her shop, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. I also learned that um, this forgive us our debts. You know, one of the debts we owe is is seeing ourselves wrongly and others wrongly so it's like forgive us for seeing your child wrongly thank you yeah didn't mrs eddie she looked out her window once and saw saw a drunk man or something and then she said dear god forgive me for seeing this picture and, and then it was healed so powerful these truths don't let it just be that you ju are just touching the surface of it. Because, wow, we've been given such a gift in science. And that's why um, one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. To dwell 
in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And when Mrs. Eddy talks about the prayer that reforms a sinner and heals the sick, one, what is it? Absolute faith in God. Absolute faith that all things are possible. possible. Two. Love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself. No. Uh, spiritual understanding. Yeah, this is the... Oh, spiritual understanding. And then the third. Unself-love. Unself-love. So, when you're seeking a healing... You can examine yourself. Do you have that absolute faith that all things are possible to God? Mrs. Eddy talks about that and watches prayers and arguments too. To always be knowing all the time, and maybe it's the blue book, <clears throat> but that all things are possible to God. Don't think, oh my gosh, like that little boy, that that, that baby. That would seem impossible, but not to May, not to the woman who was caring for him. And then a spiritual understanding of him. That's why we inquire in his temple. Because we're constantly needing to know more and more about God. You know, I was thinking the, uh, the, the, the reason the medical profession goes through states and stages all the time is that they've got two things wrong. First of all, they admit the reality of disease. And second of all, they look to matter to cure matter's problem or what they think is matter's problem. Faith, faith healing gets one of those wrong. Faith healing admits the reality of these. And then it, and then it seeks a faith in the unknown to overcome the disease. And it leaves, the, it leaves, and as Mrs. Eddy says about that, it leaves the patient worse off for the, for the stronger error having overcome the weaker error because it's a faith in the unknown. Christian science doesn't start incorrectly at all. Christian science starts with the unreality of the disease because of the allness of God. And it never looks to matter to solve what mortal mind is telling us is wrong. Thank you. That's a good explanation of it. Yes. Miss Day says whatever begins rightly, ends rightly. Yes. And who else? I mean, that that's why... When people say, oh, you know, they, a lot of these truths were <laughs> Buddhist or whatever. Well, maybe there's some, Mrs. Eddy calls it frag fragmentary, but she got the complete revelation, and it is radical. And nobody but God could have given it to her. Because as Benjamin said so rightly years ago in Nigeria when he read Science and Health for the first time, no person could have written this book. And faith as important as it is, because it is, you need to trust God. But in retrospection and introspection, and I give this often because it's important, the one article on page 54, Faith Cure, 
It is often asked why are faith cures sometimes more speedy than some of the cures wrought through Christian scientists? Because faith is belief and not understanding, and it is easier to believe than to understand spiritual truth. It demands less cross-bearing, self-renunciation, and divine science to admit the claims of the corporeal senses and appeal to God for relief through a humanized conception of his power. Then, to deny these claims and learn the divine way, drinking Jesus' cup, being baptized with his baptism, gaining the end through persecution and purity. Hmm, that doesn't sound like much fun. <laughs> but it, it has to be, and the rewards are so tremendous. Because it's, it's the only way to complete freedom. Faith cure doesn't free you completely. It leaves you fearful of the disease reappearing or the problem reappearing. And that's why when you have that fear and it does seem to reappear, well, that's, there's more work to be done until you get rid of all that fear and you realize it's unreality. And that's all it is. It just, it'll, it's like that movie Groundhog Day keeps reappearing till you finally get it. No. And then it will disappear. It comes as a teacher to teach you lessons. All problems do. And ask the Father, what lesson here do I have to learn? And you will learn it. So that's on the first page of her chapter on prayer. Prayer that reforms a sinner, heals a sick. One, an absolute faith that all things are possible to God. That is important. But then, two, a spiritual understanding of him. Who has that? Christ Jesus did, Mrs. Hetty, but all of us are working on that. And then the unself-love, and that is what Craig was talking about. Having a something bigger than you, than your selfish little household, and you want to never forget someone calling me from, I never heard from her before. She was traveling in Europe, and she was sick, and she wanted to be healed so she could finish enjoying her vacation. <laughs> she called me to tell me <laughs> um, little disney i wasn't too thrilled <laughs> i cleared my thought however <laughs> no only the child of god could come to me so anyway but you see that's when people that's what they want i'm sorry and and i've had people well you know i'm i'm going to cancun for two weeks of playing golf i need to be feel better than i do today mm -hmm. <laughs> Not interested at all. In, I, don't know. I mean, Florence is laughing because she knows, right? <laughs> yes, we're going on vacation in Europe. Yeah. Not feeling too well. I haven't, well, and that reminds me, and I didn't bring it, but, well, it's a very good, hmm. Ray had written on the, uh, on the bulletin board about a healing in a century of Christian science healing. And I looked it up and it was about a woman who was in, in Hollywood, you know, a while ago when in Hollywood, a lot of people were Christian scientists. Well, and so she was a, a fashion designer and also a Christian scientist, quote unquote. And she 
want the book. No, no, it's okay. I know it well enough. So she, um, she said, well, when she would get in trouble and things weren't going too well, she'd call a practitioner and things would get better. But in the meantime, she was going to all these parties at night and mixing with the rich and famous and having a high old time. So finally, though, everything crashes, okay? And then, I'm counting on Jeremy her, her, to quote the quote. Well, her, her, Maybe her, we do need the book. <laughs> yeah. So her business dries up entirely. She loses all her business, and she's destitute. That living that high life has led to destitution. Then, then she really realizes, okay, now I really need to get myself together. And, and she gets on her knees earnestly and prays. And this is the only reason I need the book, because I don't know the quote by heart, but Jeremy, tell us a quote. I told a lot of people this story. It's about the st stubborn, you know, the stubborn. Oh, yeah. Someone the, can look um, it up. About the habits and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah that 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 your your self justification. Yeah, your stubborn. Yeah. Look up the word stubborn out there, and you'll find it about your stubborn personality argues for itself. It's habits. It's this and that. So. Um, that was the, the quote that really helped her because she realized she was very stubborn. She thought, I'm this way. This is the way I am. I'm very talented. She designed the, the costumes for Cleopatra, for heaven's sakes. If any of you have seen that movie, it was quite elaborate fashion design. Anyway, but she, she realized she was arguing on the wrong side, her stubborn individual, no, stubborn personality, I should say. And... And when she really changed, she said she tried to have more love and more um, approach things with love and tried to help people and changed her motive, sort of spiritualized what she was doing. Then healing again resulted. But it was an interesting testimony. And as I said, Hollywood was full of Christian scientists in those years, Ginger Rogers, I mean, Mrs. Evans used to list them all, Doris Day, Christian scientists, quote, unquote. Um, but again, if you use it as the prosperity religion, which I believe many of them probably were, mm -hmm. then, hey, that's not what it's about. I, you don't pray to be rich and live in a mansion and hobnob with the rich and famous. Excuse me, that's Christian science? I don't think so. Probably just lift you up higher to drop you at that point. Yes. Yep. But so. I just wanted to say that's an interesting thing about how she had to get rid of that thought of that, you know, identifying herself with those things. Um, because that's that's something I had to learn, too. I, I remember right before I came here, just really thinking, okay, I'm not not going to be concerned with the identities of designer or all this stuff. I listed all this stuff and just whatever, whatever's good and right. I'll try to do it. <laughs> yes. So. And my goodness, here I have the quote right in front of me. Oh my <laughs> word. I put, I put Jeremy on the spot <laughs> and it's, it's in the miscellaneous writing 119. The nature of the individual, more stubborn than the circumstances, will always be found arguing for itself, its habits, tastes, and indulgences. And that's what she did. And indulgences, yeah, I like to go out and party, 
<laughs> and do all these things she was doing. She was enjoying that high old life. So, um, anyway. Sorry, Jeremy. <laughs> and another thing that I love very much in the lesson that I gave out this week to people, the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. Dear David, so God is commanding loving kindness in, in the day. Remember, it's always with you. And then in the night, his song shall be with with me. And I've always loved, Jeremy put it on the carousel this week, Songs in the Night by Nell Flash. Um, because people that have trouble sleeping, especially at night, uh, it's, she writes, sometimes during the darkness and silence of a long night, the clear, sweet song of a nightingale may be heard. And if we could imitate this little bird and remember to sing songs of praise to God, this would help quiet our fears and bring us peace. For God giveth songs in the night. It's a beautiful article. It talks about someone who, a woman whose healing had not come quickly, asked what more she could do. The answer came that she was not singing loudly enough. <laughs> so she goes through the whole hymnal, beginning to end, singing at the top of her lungs. And by the last hymn, she was completely healed. So keep your songs during the night. Keep them with you. And remember the Lord's Prayer, because what does Mrs. Eddie say about the Lord's Prayer? That it's... Um, Meet every human need. Yeah. Covers all human needs. And it's a complete pattern of how to pray, as I said before, to begin with the allness, the powerfulness, adoring the Father, praising him. Hallowed be thy name. And then again, acknowledging thy kingdom come. I love this. This is Eddie. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Statements of affirmation. And then enable us to know as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. And, and then again, his will, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. We mustn't say, Father, I want that house down the street or I'm going to be miserable or I want to marry so-and-so. or I'll... That's not prayer. And then give us this day our daily bread. And what Mrs. Eddy said, give us grace for today, feed the famine infections. If we do that, we will have all we need, right? That's what, again, what said. We will have all we need. We may not have everything that we wanted, but we will stop wanting the things that we don't really need. And that will be the greatest joy that anybody could ever have. We need contentment, I think, we have. Peace, yes. You can never have peace if you keep wanting. That's right. That's right. You get this and then what? And then you want something else. <clears throat> And then we talked about forgiving our debts as we forgive our debtors. Love is the way, and it does not does not share it with hate. Can't come to the altar with hate. We must forgive. We forgive ourselves. We forgive others. It's not an option. It's something we have to do. And then we need the help 
to be not led into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's what we talked about yesterday with the spirit of Jezebel. It's abroad. It tries to bewitch you, to pull you into its spell, its web. We need God's help. And God does not lead us into temptation, but delivers us from sin, disease, and death. And that's all we need. And that's all we need. And then ending powerfully. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. It's a true pattern for prayer. And say it often with your whole heart. Now, Linda's made two booklets now. One on handling contagion, and that's one of its to say the Lord's Prayer, the 23rd Psalm, the 91st Psalm, scientific statement of being. And then another beautiful one for, on children. Pray for our children. They're beautiful. All right. Well, I had much more, but the bell is ringing, so <laughs> we'll talk about it. I would, Go ahead. I would like to thank everyone for each and every angel message that God has provided during this roundtable. I certainly needed to hear all of them. <laughs> thank you, Debbie. <laughs> thank you, and you're welcome. <laughs> we all did. We all do. We all do. It's God's, can, ever, can never be reminded too often. God's message to all of us. Okay, we'll end with... And with an article entitled Effectual Prayer by Blanche Hersey Hogue. The Bible states, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. When man sees the unworthiness of all that is mortal, he enters upon a humility, which is the first requirement of effectual prayer. The true Christian feels safest when possessed by humbleness of spirit. To be able to say honestly and spontaneously, I was wrong, or I am sorry, and then to do better means spiritual protection. It puts to flight whole troops of damaging thoughts of self-righteousness, self-opinionated, and self-inflating. Actual humility is the desire to know God. He who prays should gladly lay aside his own desires and seek safety in the divine mind and all that this mind holds for him. If he desires only comfort in the flesh and has no longing to be more godlike, he should not be praying at all, nor should he be expecting help from God. The only genuine prayer asks for redemption from matter, not for peace in it, for deliverance from the things in ourselves that make us sick, not just relief from sickness. Prayer that is right makes over the mind of him who prays. It is evil giving up its boast. Its logical result is increased selflessness. And thoughts so purified cannot fail to receive an answer to prayer. Such prayer is righteous prayer for it defeats everything that would obstruct spiritual progress. End quote. Thank you all for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.